This is Warrior's Way Podcast, Episode 64, and I'm James Eek. We've all been swallowed into the belly of the whale at some stage in our lives. For some of us, it's been a repeat journey. We may have been tossed into the dark sea by our fellow travelers, as in the biblical story of Jonah and the whale, or we may have slipped on the pathway of life and fallen into the dark depths of the unconsciousness. It's an uncomfortable feeling to recall the dark despair of being in the belly of the whale. When I speak in social settings with people and ask about their sojourn in the whale, most people become uncomfortable. They turn away or change the topic of conversation. None of us enjoys the memory. What does it mean to be in the belly of the whale? The idea is frequently linked to two central notions of Jungian psychology. The first comes from the writings of St. John of the Cross. He wrote about the dark night of the soul. A German anthropologist, Frobeninus, wrote about the dark night sea journey. It is this second idea that we direct our attention. Frobeninus, of course, did not come up with the idea of the dark night sea journey. Rather, wrote about it in his research as an anthropologist. The dark night sea journey is a mythical idea, hence been in our language and thoughts since our early history as humans. In this mythical story, an individual is tossed into the sea or falls into the ocean, whereupon he or she is swallowed up by a leviathan, a sea monster, or more commonly a whale. The journey takes an enormous amount of time, with the individual losing any track of how long the journey actually takes. Inside the belly of the whale, the individual is in darkness and is constantly washed by the contents of the whale's stomach. They cannot see, they lose their hair, and the clothes melt from their body. Finally, the whale coughs them up on a distant shore. They're in the land they do not recognize, in which they are a stranger. They don't speak the language, they have no sense of purpose, and are essentially as if newborn. And they're naked. From the last idea, we can view the journey of being in the belly of the whale as a death-rebirth cycle. We could also view the cycle as having the three stages that the Belgian anthropologist Van Genep used. These three stages are separation, liminal, and incorporation. One is swallowed by the whale, thus being separated from everything we know and we take for granted. While in the belly of the whale, we are in the liminal stage. Finally, when we are coughed up on dry land, we are in the final stage of incorporation. However, this final process may take an extended period of time. Some may argue that the liminal stage actually extends from being in the belly of the whale to being coughed up on the strange land. It's when we finally recognize ourselves and develop a new connection with the world that the stage of incorporation has begun. Liminal means between phases or stages. So how do we relate these ideas to our lives in the 21st century? We can answer this question by using a variety of states we may find ourselves in. For example, these states are changes to the ego, changes to the persona, changes to the sense of identity, changes to our connection to our soul. 
but very useful in this idea is the belly of the whale so often associated with a state of depression. Let's start with the idea of depression and the belly of the whale. Many people that I work with will describe the depression as creeping up on them. It's as if they're walking down a dark country lane in the middle of the night and they know that someone is following. However, when they stop and turn around, there's no one there. We hear the gentle footsteps of someone following us, but when our feet stand still, so do theirs. Over time, the footsteps get closer and we begin to run. Finally, depression grabs us by the shoulders and pushes us into the earth. We all know how this feels. Now, think of it as wading into the ocean, going deeper and deeper into the inco- this unconscious state until suddenly we have been swallowed by the whale. Once we are in the belly of the whale, everything we know, believe in, expect, ceases to be. We find the simplest of tasks almost impossible. We can't concentrate, remember, sleep, work, or attend to so many of the everyday tasks of life. Worst of all is that we feel we have lost all control and hope. This is being in the belly of the whale. If we take up the idea of the persona, we can also develop the belly of the whale concept. So often we identify with a persona in that we become what we do rather than being who we are. This is the common difference between being what I do versus simply being myself. At some point, this over-identification with the persona, usually professional occupation, irritates the psyche to the point that it precipitates the descent into the belly of the whale. This is that painful but necessary capacity of the psyche at self-regulation and self-correction. As we all know, it is not as if we haven't been worn by the psyche, usually through symptoms of anxiety and depression or general malaise about our purposeless life. Once in the belly of the whale, my persona has no value because there is nothing I can do with it. But more importantly, there are no longer any witnesses to my persona. I'm lost, alone, and without any distraction. This is being in the belly of the whale. When I am coughed up on strange land, I walk amongst people with no clear sign of my persona. Who am I? What do I stand for? What is my social identity? It is at this point that one of two things may happen. If I panic, I may have what Jung referred to as a regressive restoration of the persona. But this is meant that I go back to the persona that wasn't working before in a desperate attempt to establish some meaning. I'm sure you can recognize the next stage in this uncomfortable process. After some time, I will be swallowed into the belly of the whale all over again. The other outcome when I finally reach land is that I'm able to defend a new persona that is more in keeping with a balanced lifestyle, a persona that I don't identify with, rather use for its intended purpose. 
The real question we should be concerned with is not just what happens at the end of the journey, but what we do while journeying in the belly of the whale. So this is from an article by psychologist John Betts. And this piece gives a great perspective and understanding of the process and struggle that we all have. Maybe you might think that you haven't been swallowed by a whale in this life. And if that is so, you are very lucky. First off, I just want to say that if you're struggling in life, you're not alone. There are many who have been in similar circumstances and there are many who are trained pros who can help you make sense of things. So first of all, go talk to someone. I have and do and it helps a lot. You might think that you can figure things out by yourself, but chances are, unless you want to get swallowed by that whale again, you're best finding someone who knows the terrain. Now, I think two things when I read this article. And the first being that I'm very lucky to have found the martial arts, a thing that can be like therapy in a very real way. In fact, jiu-jitsu is being used around the world by people to help deal with PTSD and depression. And it's found to really help. I know my mental health is a whole lot better after a round or two of rolling and being forced to both relax and chill, but also to be completely in the moment, in my body instead of floating someplace in my mind that, you know, let's face it, they can be, our minds can be pretty gloomy places sometimes. The next thing that the article makes me think about is the process that martial arts teaches us. It's very similar to the notion of being swallowed by the whale. We start training as one person. We have a whole lot of ideas of this, that, and the other thing. Then we begin our training. If we cling to those old views and beliefs, especially the ones that stand in the way of our truly understanding our martial arts, our training, and the process, then we won't get very far. The world is full of tons of people who will tell you how they used to train in the martial arts. Then eventually we end up through the process of training, standing outside of that whale. Sometimes we realize it and look back at how much we have changed from when the whale first grabbed a hold of us. And we are a completely different person. Thanks to the growth. In terms of our martial arts, this is a useful process. Actually, I think in life, anytime we find ourselves dealing with the whale and the realization that we are in its belly, it can be a very useful thing in the long run. Sure, it sucks, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be useful. Sometimes the greatest growth and understanding of our lives and who we are comes as a result of having to face facts, to see who you are or who you were what your patterns are or what they were, what your persona has led you to decision-wise, and what you're going to do about it all. Life is best lived as a process of growth and understanding ourselves, who we are and where we're headed. The important thing to understand, though, is when we are in the belly of the whale, to find our way out of it and not end up back inside that particular whale again. And this is a tough nut to crack. I'm not going to lie about it. 
Martial arts can help you with that, as can therapy and self-expression as well. When we're in the belly of the beast, we can end up having some of the most positive growth and insight. But it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of honesty, help, and a willingness to do the work. So if you're sitting on the fence thinking about doing the martial arts because you think you need something in your life, get at it. Find a good school. It will help you get out of that whale. I can guarantee it. So, get at it. And if you need help, ask. There's lots of people there for you. All right. Moving on to the question of the week. (laughs) My martial arts teacher is kind of like the Cobra Kai sensei, saying things to us like, we need to make sure that we deal with anything that comes our way by striking at it first without mercy. And this seems like the opposite of what you are saying in the podcast and what I thought training is about. Well, you put me in a tough spot talking about your Cobra Kai sensei. <laughs> but first off, I'm not sure what your sensei is referring to. But I'll tell you that a lot of martial arts teachers have similar outlooks. It isn't that he or she is wrong, but just that they have chosen the easy path when it comes to dealing with life or another person. It's easy to just go off when someone or something happens. It's easy to be angry and to lose it. It's easy to strike first. It's a whole lot harder to see the world differently to treat people with kindness and compassion, and to learn to be the calm in the center of the storm. If you train jiu-jitsu properly and learn to breathe and chill out and not be so full of ego and the desire to win and best the other person, to learn to relax and defend and control yourself first, and you're then your opponent second, then true growth can happen, both in martial arts and in life. This way of training makes you understand that you might not win, but your opponent will never defeat you. It makes you unconquerable. So, (laughs) listen to what your teacher is saying. Maybe they've got some good points. But understand that none of us are infallible. And we are all learning. Your sensei too. Maybe your teacher is there so you can learn from them in ways you don't even understand. Maybe they are telling you things that you are going to realize that the truth is the opposite. Hmm. Something to think about. (laughs) Good question. Thanks for that. I hope your teacher doesn't listen. (laughs) Um, And I purposefully didn't use your name. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, that's a good question, though. Um, Learn to chill out. And striking first, I don't know. I don't think it ever pays off. Be smart. Be calm. And think things out. Because once you draw your sword and once you draw blood... You can't put it back. 
Moving on, before we end things for another podcast, um, some good news. Our Patreon um, page or our Patreon account, whatever it's called, Patreon for Warrior's Way podcast is a go. Um, As of when I'm recording this, we have um, basically two tiers uh, if you just want to support our podcast because you love us and want to see it continue, um, there's an option there. You can, I think it's like a couple bucks and you can help out. Or what I've done is I've started a second tier and for about the same price as you'd pay for your Netflix or anything like that. Um, you have access to me, basically. Um, I am recording different martial arts instructional videos, just short clips on how to do this or how to do that from all the different kind of martial arts I do. So there'll be some jujitsu stuff. There'll be some Filipino stick fighting. There'll be some sea lot. There'll be, well, you name it. There'll be a bunch of stuff. Um, and then it'll also give you a chance to, you know, see what's going on in the life of Warriors Way podcast. Um, so there you go. It, it's just in its infancy right now, as of you know July twenty nineteen. But it is. I've already got a bunch of videos. I just have to sit down and edit them and throw them up. So right now there are a couple on there. Um, something to get you started, and I will be putting some more up probably this week. And uh, we'll be adding um, probably weekly. So there you go. And like I said, uh, if you want to see this podcast continuing on into the foreseeable future and you're the constant listener, it's a, it's a good way to, well, to help me out. Um, because as you can imagine, this takes time, takes research, takes effort. Uh, and I would like to see it continue to grow and to continue to do the cool stuff that we're doing and in a whole bunch of different ways with a whole bunch of ideas that I have. Um, and of course, all that takes time and time is money, both yours and mine. So if you love the podcast, uh, Patreon account, uh, you can just search for Warriors Way Podcast on Patreon and you will find us, and then you can, uh, you know, show your support, and that would be great, and you will be not only a fan of this podcast, but a member of the Warrior's Way Army. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it will be great, and I think it's a, a good way forward to help continue to do the cool things that we're doing. I'll Put on videos of anything that you want some instruction in. So there could be breathing, there could be meditation, there could be, you know, different jujitsu things, Kali, you name it. Um, I'm pretty excited. Anyways, check it out. Uh, the other thing, if you're listening to this and you like it, um, give us some stars on Apple Podcast, or even better, give it a review. And tell your friends about it, because we would like to see this grow. Uh, It's only been going for a little more than a year, and I have seen such huge growth with this thing that it blows my mind, to be honest. Um, For those of you that do listen every week, thank you so much. Um, But if you could, 
do a review that really really help and uh, tell people about Patreon as well. Uh, the other thing is if you want to track me down, I am on Facebook. You can find me through the usual means or I have a Facebook account for Warriors Way Podcast as well as one for my martial arts school here in the lovely Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. The school is called the Eek Academy of Martial Arts and we do a bunch of cool stuff. So check us out. And you can find us as well on Instagram. Now, there's not a Warrior's Way podcast account on Instagram. I'm just, I got only so much of my time if you actually want podcasts. <laughs> so um, it is right now a um, kind of joint Instagram account that I share stuff for my martial arts school as well as Warrior's Way podcast. So you can get insight into all of that there. Um, we have a website, as most of you probably are aware. I put transcripts from the podcast on there. And the last thing to plug away is that if you like all this and if you are like, oh, yeah, cool, Patreon, I'm going to follow that guy on there and help out the podcast. Another great way to help us out is um, I've written some books on all this kind of stuff. First one, of course, is, well, named after the podcast, uh, Warrior's Way, A Guide to Lifelong Learning in the Martial Arts. And I also wrote a second of it's a second book. It's kind of a follow-up to the first one. And it kind of goes into a run-in that I had with a wolf and actually got into a fight with this thing on a trail, if you can imagine. And then how that kind of changed my uh, view of training and what we really need to focus on in terms of our martial arts, our training, our life, and all of that. Because I can guarantee you, you can't get attacked by a wolf and not walk away thinking about it. I definitely do. <laughs> um, and I think we'll end it there. So thanks a lot for listening. Um, check out the Patreon page. And better yet, support it. Um, like I said, it is in tiers. The The videos and all that are for the um, the upper tier. So the ones that you know, are going to put a little bit uh, more support behind it. But I will try to put some, you know, other stuff as well on the Patreon for those that, you know, maybe they don't have the coin right now to, it's not that much money. It's like 10 bucks. But if you don't want to put your money where your mouth is, um, you can still support us, like I said, and I'll try to put some stuff on there. Or drop me a line. A lot of you do. And I always love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm James Eek. Get on the mats. Have some fun. Train hard. Be a good person. And try to make other people's lives better for you being in it. Not worse. Think about it. Thanks a lot.